Hello, I'm Judy DL, and I'm a radioactive cockroach. Now, this is an identity which probably deserves a bit of an explanation. If you, like me, live with the impact of sexual assault, you will know what it feels like to be a radioactive cockroach. Maybe you thought you should just scuttle back into your crevice. Maybe you feel that you're just a bit too much, too hard to be around, a bit radioactive. Maybe you've decided to call it out and follow through with the processes or maybe wondered if you should. Or perhaps you've decided to keep it all to yourself. Perhaps you love someone struggling with these issues or work with people who've been harmed by sexual assault. Whatever your experience, if it's left you knowing a bit about feeling cockroachy or radioactive, this podcast is your podcast. Fellow cockroaches, This is an honest space, but we will be avoiding explicit, prurient or triggering details. This isn't where we'll be sharing stories from the trenches. But if at any time you feel in need of help or a good vent or just an honest chat or a a good listener, please call 1-800-RESPECT. You can also go to our Facebook page or our podcast feed and click on links there, which will take you to a really good range of supports. But hey, here at Radioactive Cockroach, we're not hiding in crevices or scuttling back under the fridge. Have you ever tried to hide a hiding place from a hider? It's very, 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 very hard. That's a bit of a flow and Joan, and I'm a fan. I've been a fan of comedic singers forever, so each week... I'll be focusing on one of them in the hope that you'll chase them down on YouTube and share some of the joy. So I'm a fangirl of Flo and Joan, who are 20-somethings, based in England, and they get around a bit too. If you go to the Radioactive Cockroach Facebook feed or Instagram, you'll see a photo of the Judy DL feet resting up on the stage waiting for all the fun to start at the 2019 Comedy Festival. I was, of course, in the front row, but at the side, so as not to be picked out or picked on for audience banter. In the current climate, I've decided to call them my pandemic of the week. Sorry. But I've spread bits of them right throughout the episode. Flo and Joan were for a while like my personal Dino. None of us has to drink too much or alone or at all while we're enjoying all that Radioactive Cockroach has on offer. Cockroach comforters, cockroach relief, cockroaches in the spotlight and cockroach dilemmas. And we want you to join in. You can be cockroaches, podcasted cockroaches, giving us feedback and ideas for interviews, Radioactive Cockroach on Facebook. Judy Cockroach at gmail.com. Upload an audio or ask for a chat. We record on the phone. Please share us with your friends or click on subscribe to hear us again. 
This chopsticks audio. It's Liberace. He played it at Carnegie Hall in the 70s. If you keep listening, it's quite histrionic, and so we will fade it out now. Find us on Facebook, Radioactive Cockroach, on Instagram, radioactive.cockroach, on email, judycockroach at gmail.com. It's all in the info on the podcast feed. need imaginary friends now that we're all radioactive cockroaches so come out and have a happy dance in the sunshine with us well it's time to welcome our co-host with pleasure always with pleasure judy starts hello everybody out there thank you for listening uh it's great to be here well, it was great that you came such an arduous journey. Well, the Massenden Ranges from my house is a bit of a drive, but it's a nice drive. The birds were out. The kangaroos were asleep. Yep, so that's not too bad. No people on the road, of course. But well, I don't want them on the road. In fact, we haven't seen many people lately. Um, it's one of the sources of the confusion that we experienced in getting this podcast up and running quite as quickly as we hoped. But the major confusion, which left us oh, really rather like this. I don't know. I did not know how to use a podcast thing. I didn't know about the program called Audacity. I didn't know that technology went out for a party every night, came back with its cords tangled and a headache and hangover in its files. (laughs) Well, that's your problem, not technology's. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Thanks for that. Uh, I should mention that Judy Stutz is something of an IT expert and she has come to my rescue on more than one occasion. It was a a source of a great deal of confusion. Um, It wasn't that that did this to us. So what do you reckon that is? One of those roller coasters. Yeah, it's a lovely day out at St Kilda if you're into roller coasters. And apparently not all of us are, especially not comedians apparently, who when COVID hit had to go go unemployed. Oh yeah, it's not been pretty. No, it's been job seeker, not job keeper because apparently it's not a proper job. So this also put us, um, you know... A bit behind times because we recorded everything. We're all ready to go and then we weren't. And then I've been talking to all sorts of cockroaches. We're all ready to go when this happened. Do you know what that is? That, my friends... George Bloody Pell. Well, I wish it was George Bloody Pell, but it's actually the rest of us when <laughs> when George seemed to, um, I don't know, slide through something or other. We A few of us actually needed a bit of looking after, a bit of time. 
after a bit of a tailspin. But here we are, cockroaches. We're out here. We're feeling good humoured. We're feeling ready for this. Hooray! Well, hooray and huzzah, because it's almost time to meet an up-and-coming young comedian, Bess Patterson. Bess understands that through all the misery and the muck, we don't lose our sense of humour, which is why she's looking forward to hosting our regular segment, Cockroach Relief. She'll be interviewing a different guest each episode, and luckily, Judy Stutz is still here because she can tell you all about Bess's first guest. The late, great comedy legend, Greg Fleet. And he is late, isn't he? He's always bloody late. He's always late, except to his gigs, because I drive him. Because you are a bit of a comedian yourself and also you're a bit of a manager. Do a bit of both, a bit of both, or I used to do a bit of both. I'm not doing any of that now. <laughs> no, you're talking to me on, on this beautiful microphone with our dear friends, the other cockroaches, here at the table. And we are wishing that we were more because you're Judy Stutz. You're Judy DL. And we wish that there was a third Judy, Judy, Judy here because of what Kerry Grant did not say. I never said Judy, Judy, Judy. Oh, Judy, we really do wish that we're, there were another of us, don't we, Judy Stutz? We certainly do, Judy DL. We can be, actually. In our next episode, we have Judy Horacek as our first Judy, Judy, Judy guest. Uh, the amazing cartoonist uh, that I'm sure many of you will be familiar with, but if you're not, rock over to our Facebook page where we'll have some nice links so you can familiarise yourself with her work prior to our next episode. And she gave us this really generous interview in anticipation of the comedy festival, um, which of course evaporated. Still, it's, it's, she's interesting for more than that. And her time as, at the comedy festival will come. And it was a generous interview and it was really kind of her to do it, considering that we, we weren't anybody really. We're still not. But we will be. <laughs> and we really want more Judys. And we want to interview our heroes. Judy Stutz, you've got a hero. I certainly have the most amazing folk singer in the world. And then later on, she was a judge, Judy Small. Now, we can't find her. So, Judy, if you're out there, be in touch. And if any mates of Judy are out there, please get Judy Small to be in touch. And I've got a hero. Yes, indeed. Uh, Would you like to tell us your hero? I was mistaken for my hero when I was in Vietnam by a lovely young Vietnamese traditional musician. She thought... I was Dame Judy Dench and I was so flattered. (laughs) (laughs) If Dame Judy Dench is on your Christmas card list, drop her a line and say, look, can you be in touch with Radioactive Cockroach? They're looking for Judy's. But it doesn't have to be famous Judy's. It could be a sister, a cousin or an aunt or a friend. Yeah, we're looking for rich and famous and the poor and nameless. We sure are because really... It's all about the chat. We're about the chat. And we think everyone's interesting.
And it is all about the chat and we get even more chat now, don't we, Judy Stutz? We certainly do indeed because we have the wonderful, the marvellous Bess Patterson joining us. Welcome, Bess. What an introduction. Thank you, Judy. And Judy. Yeah. We, we, um, we're, we're D.L. and Stutzo here. Um. <laughs> D.L. and Stutzo. We're D.L. and Stutzo. Judy squared. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's really great that you're here, and I know we're really looking forward to seeing what happens when you in, in, interview Sleety later. I, I'm really at, on tenterhooks. But you've driven up into the beautiful countryside here too, haven't you? Yeah, I had a beautiful drive. It's sunny day, gorgeous countryside, and it's really exciting that we can go out and explore like this now that restrictions are lifting. Isn't it fun? But there's something even more fundamental, isn't there, Judy Stutz? There is indeed something we have to do. I think we have to uh, acknowledge uh, the traditional owners of the land that we are making this podcast on. We're making it in two places and we we think this is really important to express our gratitude and and Bess, would you do that for us as your first contribution now that you've arrived? I would love to. What an honour. So may I just take a moment to acknowledge the land that we are working and creating this podcast on, the land of the Jajaburung and Wurundjeri people. Uh, these are the traditional owners of this land and sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Thanks. We agree. Excellent. On with the show, I think, now. Now it's time to pull up your favourite chair, pour yourself a cuppa and settle in for a chat. Welcome, cockroaches, to Cockroach Comforter. So if you're looking for the best comforters around, you've come to the right place. Oh, you sure have. You've come to Radioactive Cockroach, where we just do nice stuff. We don't publicise our regrets. We don't get into arguments. We just have a chat um, and we are who we are. I don't have to go out now. I never really wanted to. I'm hanging out at the microphone. You might be staying home, but you're not alone. Our early interviews, oh dear, have taken on a poignant COVID tone. The comedy festival had to go and we felt it as a body blow But they come make us go out now We don't even have to get dressed I'm poised by the mic in my tracky decks And we're inviting you to be our guest Well hello cockroaches and hello Nicole Hello Judy and fellow cockroaches <laughs> We're uh, here in the Macedon Ranges Nicole's a neighbour um, but she's a neighbour with a history, and it's a history that involves this. I remember you well in the Chelsea Hotel. You were talking so brave and so sweet. Me and at this point, we just allow it to fade out. But yeah, 
I found out, to my great excitement, that Nicole lived in the Chelsea Hotel in New York. Yes, I did. And it's actually funny how you found out because of, you, of your trailer. That you That's named. right, yeah, our trailer. Our little, we've got a little teardrop caravan and his name is Leonard, after Leonard Cohen. And that's when I told you that I'd lived in the Chelsea Hotel for eight eight years. Eight years. So is it what we all imagined? Yes, and then some, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty, it was a pretty crazy place and and still is, even though it's, you know, not what it used to be because it's been sold to the big hotel company. There are still a handful of long-term residents living there. So when you were there, was it mainly long-term residents? It was about 70%. Did, were they apartments or were they like studio beds? They were, they were all different because yeah. um, Stanley Bard, who ran the hotel for many, many, many years, used to brag about how um, it used to be the, it was once the tallest building in New York, the Chelsea Hotel and okay. uh, all the people that used to live there. And Stanley Bard uh, has featured actually in a lot of the films about the movie, including, sorry, about the um the hotel, including Sid and Nancy, you see him, yeah. you know, showing Sid and Nancy to their yes. new apartment and yelling yes. at them when they light it on fire. <laughs> and Do you have any idea who has stayed here before you? Dylan Thomas, excuse me. Thomas Wolf, Arthur Miller, Tennessee Williams. This is not a place where people set fire to their rooms. The Chelsea Hotel is a landmark. It's historic He's been in a lot of the films. Unfortunately, he's now uh, no longer with us. Oh, that's really sad. It, it is really sad. Yeah. Um, so did you really feel you were immersed in a, a bohemian culture of contemporary creative arts? Totally. Yeah. It was, it's, it's hard to describe even because it was so such an out-there experience. But to answer your question about the, um, the apartments, they were all different. So yeah. people had lived there... From the beginning, from when it was a hotel, people were living there. And some people combined apartments and some people, um, and there were also tiny studios that had a bathroom down the hall. Mm -hmm. And there were other palatial uh, apartments in the building that had um, the one on the roof in in particular. Well, there were a few on the roof were were quite spectacular. And the tower, my friends lived up there and had a huge, beautiful, sprawling garden. It was wonderful. Actually... That is a story that you would love. Yeah, because, I'd um, like to hear it. Norman lived in the hotel for decades. And then he moved to China and opened up the first burlesque club in Shanghai. <laughs> okay. And then he got run out of China and moved back to the UK. So it's another story. But he he would throw these really wild parties. Wild as in creatively wild parties. Yeah. And you would have to perform something yes. in order to be allowed to stay at the party okay so it didn't matter what you performed you could do a spoken word thing you could read a poem you could um dance you could anything you could think of you yeah. you could do so I am not a performer but um I took the task very seriously <laughs> and I um I sang Fever oh Peggy Lee <laughs> Peggy Lee and I walked down the stairs from the tower to the main living room and the apartment was quite eclectically decorated but I was very very nervous uh, and I forgot the words (laughs) and I had the help of uh, another guest yeah um, who chimed in to help me sing it who was Chrissy Hines I'll stand by you I'll stand by you oh wow (laughs) you know 
look, us cockroaches, we, we have to go into the wrong sort of spotlight. Yeah. And this spotlight <laughs> feels really good because you're all stepping into a spotlight of friendship and talent. Yeah. And it sounds like it was really inclusive and encouraging. It really was. It was a kind. real community. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of craziness as well. But yeah. um, for the regular full-time people there, we helped each other out. We looked after each other. And yeah. I, I'm still friends with a lot of them and in touch yeah. with a lot of them and following up on what's going on with the hotel as it changes hands and changes hands again. And it's, yeah, you know, it's it a, a different place. It's a very different place. Well, yeah, and I don't actually know the chronology very well, but, but you did have some time in Italy. Yes, I did. You did. And now you have time in the Macedon Ranges. Which I love. And you've got <laughs> a, a beautiful um, cottage home, which you treat as a true cottage and you do a lot of cooking. And the other day, you brought me... I never meant to give you mushrooms, girl. I never meant to bring you to my world. But now well, I'm not sitting in any corners crying because you brought me delicious mushrooms that I'd never been brave enough to pick in public. But you know what you're talking about. I do. And they were delicious. Yes, they're so good. And they're apparently this is the best year for mushrooms in many, many, many years. Well, certainly we've never seen so many. And you, you taught my son that it's a good thing, and he's been coming home with them by the bucketful and dehydrating them, ready for the great. ready for the next season. Well, the pine mushrooms are are really delicious, and I know how to find them because of my brother in law, who's a chef in the Yarra Valley. Yeah. Um, so I've been foraging for pine mushrooms in Healesville before. It had just been many years since I had done it, so I, I wasn't terribly confident. But once um, I, I bought some pine mushrooms at the market, and then I compared the two, and then I was off. You certainly were, and so <laughs> were we, and they've just been delicious. Yeah. Um, and I want to thank you for, for that, Nicole. You're a great neighbour, and you do fabulous design work. And, um, oh, I, you know, we will say that you do have a business called Design and Diplomacy, and we thoroughly endorse them because they're our friends and we like what they do. And we wouldn't endorse anyone whose work we didn't like. But I just need one bit of des design advice personally. Okay. We're, um, we're really pushing our friends this week as the comedians of the week, Flo and Joan. And they have a want to know. Well, they don't want to know. They're quite clear about, about this issue. It's all right, all right. And it's all right to not go outside because you haven't shaved your armpits and it's all right to not shave your armpits so you don't have to go outside. Are they right? Are armpits an issue in the 21st century, Nicole? Well, not in winter. There you go. We've summed that one up. <laughs> not in winter. And then I believe it's up to you. Nicole, I would love to hear lots and lots and lots more stories about the Chelsea Hotel, perhaps over a magnum or two of something or other. And just great to, to actually be in the same room as someone yeah. that lived in the Chelsea Hotel. Thank you. Everybody's got the fever That is something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago you could almost say I'm in a fever of anticipation of our next episode's Cockroach Comforter. He's one of the kindest men it's been my privilege to know and has recently retired from a long career at the Bureau of Meteorology. Yeah, we live and die by the science and we've had that attacked and all the uh, inquiries, we've had inquiries based on, um, our, on the climate record 
and we've always come up trumps, or the bureaus always come up trumps, because uh, we're very careful. We're a scientific organisation, and uh, we live and die by the science. Tony will be talking uh, a bit about the relationship between meteorology and climate science, and also his long-term hobby. Here he is with singer-songwriter Bruce Watson. Yes, those are panpipes en masse and we'll be hearing a bit about how and indeed why you'd convene an Andean panpipe group with your mates for many years. It's all about the chat. Well, cockroaches, it's time to step out of our comfort zone and into the cockroach zone because many of us find ourselves, say... I'm on the horns of a dilemma, The dilemma we'll be exploring for the next episode or three is one so many of us face in our workplaces, community groups, faith communities or families when we face the fallout of being harmed by a sexual assault. The story you're about to hear makes reference to the assault of children and to the Catholic Church. Take care when you listen. The storyteller is our own Judy Stutz. So this is another D.L. and Stutzo moment. Or maybe it should be Stutzo and DL? Well, I think it should be DL and Stutzo because uh, it goes alphabetically. It does go alphabetically in any way. If we're going to find anyone out there that knows what the reference is, it has to be DL and Stutzo, Stutzo. doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah. DL is, um, is not the name of my life partner and you had a life partner too with a different name from surname from you. That's right, I did indeed, uh, my beloved David. And your beloved David is no longer with us. No, he's not. He's gone for, gee, nearly three years now. Nearly three years. That's yeah. not very long. It feels like yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, um, you've been um, very public in, in your comedy about how you lost him. Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he had a bad day at work and got murdered. Yeah, line of duty as a law enforcement officer. These and things happen. And you got that knock on the door. Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's not something any of us want to have. But he was proud of his work, wasn't he? Oh, he loved his work. Uh, he did it for decades and was absolutely 110% committed to what he did. It was yeah. his passion. Yeah, he, he believed that the rule of law could free people to live well together. Yes, yeah, and that's what, he, that's what he worked toward, was a society where people treated each other decently. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that was his 
uh, his reason that was one of the reasons I loved him. Yeah. He just had that that passion to to seek justice for everybody. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, he spent you know a long time doing all sorts of things. But but one of the things he he did for quite a while there was uh, the pursuit of pedophiles. Okay, and look, he um, you know, you were you were brought up as a liberal t- tradition observant Jewish girl, but that's not his tradition. No, no, no. Good Catholic boy. Good and he, Catholic he retained boy. his faith. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that was the, really the one big difference with us is that, uh, you know, I, I really, I don't believe there's a God. Uh, you know, I'm an atheist now and, uh, in fact, I haven't really believed in God since I was about six. But uh, David was an absolute true believer. Yeah, uh, a confirmed Catholic uh, was a very important part of his life. Yeah, a very important part of his life, and in his in his work in investigating the sexual assault of children, he was responsible to bringing quite a few priests to justice. I gather he was indeed. Um, well, not him alone. But not him alone. No. Him and 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 his colleagues, uh, and uh, they brought in uh, a lot of priests. Christian brothers, all sorts of yeah. uh, Catholic clergy. What did he feel well, about his church as he was doing this? Um, uh, he felt proud, at least initially, because he thought he was doing a good thing. Uh, he was protecting children, which is, you know, if you're after pedophiles, every pedophile you catch, you know that you, that means you've not only caught a perpetrator, but you're protecting children. And did he think he was doing the right thing by his church and his faith? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. he, you know, he absolutely believed that uh, the church would not want these people running around loose. Uh, yeah. to so do you want to tell us what happened when he turned up to church one day? So what happened is that, well, I guess there's a bit of a preamble. He'd received a call uh, from somebody in uh, the church about a priest he was pursuing and about to arrest. And uh, he had been asked, basically, not to arrest him, uh, just to give them a bit of time to get him all sorted and whatever, and then, you know, David could come in and do what he needed to do. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it was alluded that maybe this fellow would perhaps be elsewhere, you know, if David waited and that would be really good for the church and whatever. And David said, well, no, it doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. I've got the evidence. Yes. I know he did it. I can prove it in a court of law. It's my job uh, and uh, I'm sorry, but this guy's going down. So anyway, uh, he hung up and thought, oh, oh, I wonder where that came from because, you know, it certainly appeared to come from higher, high up the food chain. Yeah. He would never tell me for exactly who and whatever, uh, but he was clearly upset by it. Uh, in fact, so upset that he, he actually brought forward the arrest because they had been planning to do it the next day and he decided, no, we'll do it today. We've been tipped off. Yes, I don't want this guy skipping the country. Yeah. And so this fellow was arrested and whatever. So that was done, you know. Thought nothing more of it. But next time he goes to church, uh, he goes to take communion, you know, the wafer and the wine. Yeah. And uh, he was waved off by the priest. So he was refused. He was refused. Yeah. I wasn't there. I, I 
not gone to church with him, not being a believer. I used to go sometimes for a sermon or whatever. But you like the singing? I like the singing. I do like the singing. Mm. And, and but on this particular occasion, I had not gone, mm-hmm. a, and he just came home in a state of rage. Yes. Despair. Yes. Uh, fury. I mean, it, it was. There is a process for excommunication, isn't there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, I think he just was outraged yeah. uh, that, that this could have happened. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was made clear for, to him that the reason he was waved off was because, you know, the priest had received a call and been told, you know, David's been a bad boy by not obeying the powers that be. Yeah. And, and he had protected the community from a rapist and was expecting a pat on the back or a nod of, oh, well done, lad. Uh, and yeah. in the and he's denied access to God. Yes. Uh, so, so he's left facing the question: uh, Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? Because I said, look, this is the Catholic Church. You, you know, you've been. I know you're committed and all that, but dude, you know, it's clear they're not committed to you. Yeah. Maybe you know, there's other Christian faiths. Maybe that could suit you and whatever. So you know, he. Hummed and hard and rang around. I was going to say, did he shop around at all? He did shop around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, he he found he found a, a, another Catholic church, uh, not too far from where we were, where the priest was a bit more of an iconoclast. Yes, and and made it clear that uh, no matter what, <laughs> he would not be waved off. Yeah, and so you know he continued, and he stayed in the church. But his heart was always broken by that. Yes. A- and his love for the church was never the same. Yeah. It's just such a pity. So when he, he died, he died in his faith. Yes, he did. Yes, and he died as a communicant member of his church. He did. Which is really important to a Catholic, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that was the thing for him is, is you know, this, this was how he'd been raised. It's how he had lived his life. Yeah. It was important to him and I think seriously disappointed by the way he'd been treated. Yeah. Uh, I had to, I do say that uh, the, the priest that waved him off did apologise uh, later on and said, look, I was sort of under orders and I sort of had to and I, it was clear that, you know, uh, this was – it was like a, a slap on the wrist, if you will. It was more than that. He was cut off from God. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, but – Yes, I've never seen him. He was always quiet. Uh, he was not a man to lose his temper. But uh, on that particular day, he was uh, angry, furious, in tears. Yeah. Uh, despair, rage. I tried to convince him that atheism was the way, but he wasn't having no, it. No, he wasn't having <laughs> it. Should I stay or should I go? go. He yeah. chose to stay. stay. And he found, you know, he found yeah. a congregation and a priest. Yeah. Uh, that uh, wasn't quite so awestruck by the hierarchy. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so that was a relief for him, I think. Huge, um, huge relief. And also a comfort for you to know that he was... Yeah, um, that, that, that he was happy because... Yeah, and that he he died reconciled with his church. Yes. And, and, and connected with his God in the way that he believed. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, you know... Uh, so do you take comfort from that? Um... I do, because in, in, in that he faced his death. Yeah, 
Because he knew he was dying, didn't he? Oh, yes, he knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he knew he, he, he was a goner. So, you know, the, the fact that, you know, he, he he was still an active member of the church and had been to the communion and doing all those things that Catholics do, uh, I think he would have died knowing he was he was cool with his God. Yeah. Um, and loved by his wife. And loved by his wife. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he had faith in God and I had faith in him. Yeah. And that worked for us. Yeah. Thanks, Judy. You're more than welcome. Flo and Joan, like Stutzo, can be funny and tender. So here's a grab from their advice to their childhood selves. Look after little Flo when she Look is angry. Look after little Joan when she is hungry. Stick together, please stop eating pepper armies. Sometimes you'll feel very small and helpless, like nothing you do matters, but the smallest things can matter. Make your own choices, never stop doing things that make you truly happy. Fight for yourself and fight for others and the bees. Show up to your life and love it. And then, when all else fails, you can solve anything with tea and a sausage. <laughs> Dear little Flo and little Joan, we've told you lots of stuff we know, and it will take a year or two. So, if you've got a story or perspective on the topic, so you gotta let me know. Be in touch. We'll be chatting about it for a while. And now it's time for Bess and Greg Fleet. And be aware that Fleety is a stand-up comedian and there is a bleep. Lay down the burden of your heart <laughs> it's too heavy. It's too heavy. Put it down. Here. Here. It's lighter when you let go, isn't it? Hello, cockroaches. It's Bess here. I'm inviting you to lay down your troubles, lay down whatever's weighing heavy on your heart, <sighs> and join me and Mr. Greg Fleet for some cockroach relief. Mm. Fleety, how are you? I'm good. This is my first time. I'm very, uh, as me, assuming there's going to be a second. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm happy. That's good. That's good. So I'm not happy. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm actually not happy at all. I'm depressed. Yeah, like everyone else. Do you want to talk about it? No, really. Just you know, sick of being locked in places and yeah, just tired of everything. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I'm tired of how obsessed I've become with baking bread and the oh. fact that. That's something that seems to be happened to, ev- to everyone during this pandemic. The flat that I'm living in doesn't have an oven and uh, that's really weird. I'm a member of a group on Facebook called the uh, Roast Appreciation Society <laughs> and not having an oven, I feel like I'm betraying the group. 
they keep f- putting up photos of things they've roasted and yeah. Could you them. go back to the eighties and try and roast a chicken in the microwave? I could try. I suppose what I could do is go and buy a roast chicken. That's probably easier and yeah. more pleasant. And pretend that I've roasted it. Yeah. yeah. Take a photo of it. Yeah, look at this. This is what I've been up to this week. This and uh, going around to Bess's and baking bread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, it. Though. It's a good way to spend time. So, Felitti, the first thing I would like to do with you Ooh. is to invite you to participate in the debut. Did I say that? Oh, so I'm am I the first person? Did I Quotes Great. And give you some options, and I want you to tell me who said this. Okay. I'm so, I'm so competitive that I was trying, I was trying to guess the question, and not even not the answer, but like, like oh, I guess you want me to guess this. You want me to, yeah, okay. But, uh, so I have to tell you who said what. Is that I'll give you a quote, okay. and you've got to. I'll give, and then I'll give you some options. How many? Four. Okay. And, and then I have to, so I have to, of those four. Um, one of them said it. Yeah, okay, so they're four names. Four names. All right. One quote, yep. four names. I'm ready. One of them said it. Just to fit in with your competitive streak. Yeah. You're the only one playing, so you can't yeah, lose. But but other people are going to do it in the future, and I want to. But it'll be different quotes. This is all just for you. Yeah, I know, but I want to be, you know, like four out of four, or, you know, I just don't want other people coming in and getting a better score than. And I've been. I mean, that probably will. You're just gonna have to try and nail it. Well, if they do, I'll say that they their questions were easier. Yeah, probably. Yeah, these are really tricky. Yay! All right, number one. Mm -hmm. I actually don't like thinking. I think people think I like to think a lot, and I don't. I do not like to think at all. Who Mm. said that? Ah. Your options are. I know who said it. Your options are Andrew Bolt. Kanye West, Charlie Pickering, or Tony Abbott. Okay, who was the who was the who was the first one again? Andrew Bolt. Right. Um, I don't think he'd be self-aware enough to say something like that. Um, I agree. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think it's Kanye. I don't know why. I don't think it's Kanye. I just don't. I don't. I don't Charlie could say, but I don't think Charlie would be arrogant enough to say people think that I like to think a lot. So, and who was the last one? Tony Abbott. Yeah, I've got a feeling it's Tony Abbott. You idiot! uh, Or or someone else. All right, so that was wrong. Okay. Uh, Charlie Pickering. Oh, no! You're down to a 50-50. Not Kanye. You idiot! It's not Kanye. Wrong as well. So it was Kanye. So I got like the lowest possible score you could get. You eventually got to the right answer. Yeah, but only by getting all of the everything (laughs) wrong. So yeah, so I basically came last in... You know, like That's all right. It's a warm up. We'll count okay. that one as a warm up. Okay, cool. And right. it was said. So I didn't understand what you wanted. Exactly. From me. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. I 
I explained no, I it terribly. It. No, I get yeah, it. Completely. That's the issue. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get this one right straight off the bat. Just to reiterate, that was said that was by our Lord and Saviour, Kanye West. Was it said by Kanye? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it has to be said by someone. Yeah, said, said by someone with ego. Mm. But, uh, okay, I'm ready for the next one. All right. I'm going to be good. Second <coughs> question, second yep. quote. The great changes in civilization and society have been wrought by deeply held beliefs and passion rather than a process of rational deduction. Uh, okay, here are your options. Was that me? Was that something I said? Maybe. Here are your options. Peter Singer. Paul Keating, Hannah Gadsby, or Nelson Mandela? Oh, that's definitely Hannah Gadsby. You I idiot. mean, not Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, try again. Get another chance. Get another three chances. Oh, oh that's so annoying. I really wanted to get that one right to begin with. Peter Talk Singer. through it. Peter Singer. No. Uh, um, Paul Keating or Nelson Mandela? Uh, Paul Keating. Hooray! That's it, you got it. I should have known. I should have got that earlier. Well done. You got it. I'm I'm overthinking it because I went with with Hannah Gatsby because, because basically because this is a show that's been put together by two women and I thought, oh, yeah, there's only one woman in that lineup. So it's going to be her for sure, and uh, it was a bit of a red herring. Yeah, because I know how you ladies think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Right. Hell yeah. You ready right. for well, the last I one? I improved. Yeah. Hey. I'm time by exactly. twenty five percent. Exactly. Yeah. I'm twenty five percent better you're, than I was. You're winning. Yeah. All right. Number three. I'm very pro war. I love war, and I think there should be more of it. Here are your options. Mm. Margaret Thatcher. Oh, yeah. Kanye West. Oh, Kanye again. Donald Trump. Oh, it does sound Trumpish. Or Greg Fleet. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Greg Fleet on that one because I remember saying it. <laughs> I don't actually remember saying it. Someone told me the other day, someone said to me, I saw you doing stand-up and you did this really funny thing about how you're really you're pro-war and there should be more of it. And I actually did a uh, – I was meant to do a, a gig for all these basically returned soldiers who um, uh, have issues either physical or mental um, or like post-traumatic stress disorder or whatever uh, in a – all staying in a, in a place in Brisbane. And um, I – rang up and went through the the Zoom thing with them, you know, to test all the Mm. equipment and everything the day before. And it was great. And then the next day the guy running the whole thing rang me and said, oh, look, um, I've gone home, um, so we're not doing it. So, you look, don't worry about it. I've I've gone, you know, back to my family's house and I've left left that place. And I'd run that by them. That thing I'd said, you know, like, oh, yeah, I love war. There should be more of it, you know, because someone just said how funny it was. And then I I got really paranoid and I thought, oh, no, they've they've decided that I'm, like, not appropriate for this. Uh, But it turns out, yeah, they they had just left, so it was all right. 
I thought we'd get you with that. I didn't realise it would be so fresh in your mind. Well, it's the really weird thing is, if you'd asked me that uh, a week ago, I probably wouldn't have remembered that that was me. That's pretty cool. I like doing that. Oh, and, this is, and uh, we actually have Probably a recording of me saying war. it. And here it is. You Proof. Know, I love in. war, and I think there should be more of it. Well, Fleety, Yo. three out of three, and your improvement with every question. Three out of three. All right, so you can't really lose it, because I was thinking, hang on, I need appallingly. Uh, the first one, I came last. I got... Out of the four, I, I guessed it with my fourth attempt. The second one, I guessed it with my third attempt. The next one, I guessed it with my first. So the only thing I didn't do was come second. If I put my teacher hat on and look at your progression and development, yeah, yeah, I can see that by the fourth question, yeah, I've really you would have improved by a hundred percent. I've really, yeah, so I've well really done. I've done well. Yeah, yeah, I'm well done. Thank you, teacher. You're welcome. Lady, as a comedian, I'm sure that you are well-versed in responding to heckling. Well, I mean, you know, I've hardly ever been heckled because I'm so good. <laughs> it rarely happens. But yes, I have. I, I am aware of heckling as a concept. Yes, yeah. yes. So I'm going to now give you something that was said to one of our cockroaches uh-huh. when she shared her experience of an assault. And I want to know what your comeback would have been. I want to know what you would say to the person that said this. So this is a person, this person has told someone else about being assaulted. Yeah. And they've said what I'm about to hear. Yes. Oh, wow, this could be. Mm. All right, okay. So, and you want to know what I would have said. Give us a comeback. Yeah, okay, yeah. What I would have said to the person who's who's obviously been rude. I know you've rarely been heckled, but but imagine. Imagine if I had. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but here's one of the good guys. No, really, they said that. He's one of the good guys. Oh, my. Um, all right. So, well, I'd say, say, oh, I'm trying to think of something clever and witty and waspish. Um, What's your forte? uh, Gee, I'd hate to meet the bad guys. (laughs) Um, I could say, yeah, that. There could be, gee, I'd hate to meet the bad guys. Or um, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, if it's what I'm imagining, um, and someone said to me, "Oh, but he's one of the good guys," I go, "Oh no, no, you're getting you're getting the word good guy confused with." <laughs> 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 May have been too full on, but otherwise you can always beep it out, and people can just insert the worst swear word they know. Yeah, and that, if you think of the worst swear word that you know, yeah, that's the word that Fleety yeah. just said. Yeah. That, that's I'm happy with that. Great, yeah. I am too. Thank you. Cockroaches, sto- store that one away. Okay. Feel free to use that at any stage. I won't come and sue you afterwards. Because <laughs> clearly I'm not one of the good guys. <laughs> yeah, it's lighter when you let go, isn't it? <laughs> well, now it's time to return to a calmer pace and heed the advice often given to me by Stutso. 
Take it easy, my friend. And so this little poem from my childhood is dedicated to all of you who, like me, didn't really get round to Zoom during the pandemic. There was once an old sailor my grandfather knew who had so many things which he wanted to do that whenever he thought it was time to begin, he couldn't because of the state he was in. He was shipwrecked and lived on an island for weeks and he wanted a hat and he wanted some breeks and he wanted some nets or a line and some hooks for the turtles and, and things which you read of in books. And thinking of this, he remembered a thing which he wanted for water, and that was a spring. And he thought to, to talk to, he'd look for and keep, if he found it, a goat or, or some chickens and, and sheep. Then, because of the weather, he wanted a hut with a door to come in by, which opened and shut with a jerk, which was useful if snakes were about, and a very strong lock to keep panthers out. So he thought of his huts and he thought of his boat and his hat and his breeks and his chickens and goat and the hawks for his food and the spring for his thirst. But he never could think what he ought to do first. And so, in the end, he did nothing at all but basked on the shingle, wrapped up in a shawl. And I think it was perfect the way he behaved. He did nothing but basking until he was saved. Thanks for listening. Now, anytime you feel in need of support, a good chat or information, we encourage you simply to call 1-800-RESPECT and you can also go to our Facebook page and click on the link there. There's a whole range of supportive options. And there's also a lot of other stuff about us and our guests. Cheers! Radioactive. Oh.